Welcome back to Seen It Before, where we're probably going to say something stupid about your favorite movie, and I'm... Oh, wait. Uh, we've seen it all before. I'm Danny. <laughs> well, that, was no fu- <laughs> that was fucking horrible. That was awful. <laughs> Alright. Welcome back to Seen It Before, where we're probably going to say something stupid about your favorite movie, because we've seen it all before. I'm Danny. I'm Dan, and that's the first time I've had it do it twice in a while, actually. Yeah, I've yeah. had it memorized for a while, and then I'm, I just... It was like, I, I, brain I, fart. I'm Danny. You, know? you couldn't remember your name there for a second. I couldn't. I, I, I don't know. Anyway. So, this is part two of our four-part series on Harry Potter, the whole franchise of the eight movies. Eight movies, yeah. Eight movies. <laughs> so, we're on uh, movies three and four today. We're going to bring back our guest from last time, James... He's here again in his wizard on shirt, and it's a very, it's a very nice shirt you got there. Thank you. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Speaking Glad of... it didn't nerd out too hard last time. <laughs> Speaking of shirts, um, we, we actually fulfilled our plan with the, uh, or I fulfilled the part of the plan where we're going to wear our house colors. You, it was your idea. We didn't talk about it this week. Yeah, no, we didn't. I just figured you know, maybe. So you're a Ravenclaw today. <laughs> I have no and then James is um, uh, uh, Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. I guess black isn't really a house, huh? No. Uh, no. You're just zero. You're just a Dementor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we, go. there we that, go. That's that's up. That's movie three. I almost said episode three. That's oh too much Star Wars on the brain lately. Uh, there's been a lot of Star Wars. That's not what we're talking about. Someone say Star Wars. <laughs> All right. Other nerdy <laughs> franchise today. <laughs> All right, let's let's get to these movies, and then we're gonna we're gonna come back and chat, just chat a little. So my first note on Asgard is Harry's a bitch. So that's <laughs> what's your explanation for that? <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it was. <laughs> Harry's a bitch. <laughs> Lumos, like that's all he's doing in the beginning. Like. Yeah. I call. I don't know. I just called him a bitch. He's just a bitch. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, uh, funnily enough, Danny, my very first note was Lumos at beginning, LOL. Um, <sighs> wizards aren't supposed to be allowed to use magic outside of school, and it's so memed everywhere. It's like the literal movie started breaking the international law. Yep. Um, wow. Yeah, you're not supposed to use magic outside of school as an underage wizard. Yep. Well, yeah, I knew that, but is that in the book where he's just like doing that? No, or? no, he uses a flashlight, you know, like oh. a oh. normal muggle would. What the fuck, Alfonso? Yeah, he just uses a flashlight. It's, oh, whatever. Some Willy Wonka shit going on here in the beginning. <laughs> so, and and like, they have magic people that can detect if you're using magic, like, because that's, we'll talk about that in the next episode in the fifth one. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. So, like, like a burp. Okay. <laughs> oh, also, <laughs> I got a donut. Oh, so when He's the getting... camera's not on me, I don't know when the camera's not on me. So it's fine. I'll be eating this. Donut. He'll just be indulging himself over there. Anyway, <laughs> I really hope it was still on you there. Um. Anyway, James. So the beginning well, of this book, is there anything different in the book versus the oh movie? Lord. Um. Well, yeah, it doesn't he lose use freaking Lumos Maxima uh, in the book um aunt marge oh my god aunt marge isn't she awful aunt marge is a um, bitch how about that such a... oh, yeah. yeah in the book it's kind of dragged out a little more but also she doesn't take a weird tumble throughout london <laughs> uh she just you know like later on you see him at the bus or whatever walking you see her floating in the background if yeah you pay attention. nice yeah, that's not in the book she doesn't just go off into the sky like 
a balloon. Nah, it's fine. I mean, she is like a balloon, but not <laughs> thought, out in London. <laughs> I thought she died in like the first time I watched it, and because I've always missed that that little line that Fudge says to him um, when he's at the Shrieking Shack or, what, or the whatever the, <laughs> it's called, um, where he's she's like, "We need to, to get cauldron. like leaky cauldron." So they had to get like three like wizards, police wizards, and some shit to take her down or some shit like that. Like, yeah. Oh, imagine. <laughs> yeah, she was just in the living room in the book. It wasn't as grand. <laughs> yeah, but guys, imagine if she popped. Just, that would be oh. hilarious. That would be something that the boys would do. It's something the boys would do. Oh my god! But yeah, uh, Aunt Marge, top ten worst people ever in movies, like forever. I think she's a worse person than Umbridge. At least Umbridge, you know, uh, had ooh. some thought ooh, behind hard. what she was doing for education and the greater good. Marge was just straight up bitch for no reason. All right, guys, I just, think when, she hated everything. Yeah, when we get to our next two movies, five and six, I, I think we're gonna have Umbridge. to. We're gonna have to like the battle between the, battle the two between bitches, the two, Marge and Umbridge, <laughs> to see who is the worst. I think we're gonna have to do that. Yeah, right now it's right now. I think um, right now, honestly, I think Umbridge is edging it out because like I just remember how fucking just like because she's tactical, you know. But I'll yeah. get to it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get we'll get back to that. All right, Danny. Um, Alfonso Cuarón is the director of this movie. Hell yeah. Um, he's known for Children of Men. I think the next year after this one and Gravity. Um. And I remember, I remember a lot of behind the scenes stuff that it was his idea to go to make this franchise more authentic and more kinetic. So what he did is he he first of all he allowed all the students or all the actors, the kid actors, to wear the clothes how they would normally wear them. You know, so they allowed them to dress themselves. Not not like the first two where it was just they were all wearing cloaks and you know all uniform and stuff. And also he wanted the movie to feel kinetic, so there really aren't that many static shots in the movie there's it's, oh. it, even like people just talking dialogue scene it's like the camera's always moving yeah there's that one shot in the beginning with mr weasley and harry where they're just walking like it's a yeah. nice one shot they got going on it's exactly yeah, yeah. and like in the leak the leaky cauldron yeah. and um you know and like i was always wondered how they did like it must have been like a pain in the dick for those uh, vfx artists to like track like the green screen poster where like serious black is like screaming yeah. or whatever on the poster yeah. so it must have been a pain in the dick to do that um, speaking of leaky culture, you guys remember Tom, the creepy, like Igor from Frankenstein looking thing? Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, that's the same. That's meant to be the same character as the sweet old guy that was at the bar in the first two. Well, the first movie, uh, Tom, he oh, has a, I've... he has the face of a toothy walnut is how he's described in the book. Yeah. I, I knew that was like a character that we, he got recast. I just don't remember him in uh sorcerer's stone. I just don't remember yeah, what he looks he, like. He was just some older bar like bar owner, bartender, very nice old guy, and then in this he's some like some weird looking yeah. yeah like, <laughs> they went a full one eighty on him. <laughs> he's like, it's not magical enough. Anything else for this first part before we get to Hogwarts? First part. Um I don't really know. Um, the night bus is pretty cool. The night bus? Oh right. Is pretty the cool. night bus. Oh, yeah. So I have this scene it game. Oh, I've seen it in Harry Potter, if anyone remembers seen it. it in, uh, I had seen it Friends. <laughs> seen it Friends. Oh, yeah. I had um, yeah, I had a bunch of different ones. I had seen it Nickelodeon, seen it Junior, regular seen it, uh, seen it Harry Potter, seen it you know, some other shit. But um, they would use – they would always use the night bus um, music for, like, everything. Like, um, like whenever, like, your, your time is running, it was like, <laughs> you know? Yes, like um, it is some pretty epic music. Like I, I remember so much of the music 
like part from that game instead of the movies. And it's the same thing with like Lego Star Wars. I recognize the music more in the game than the movies, you know? Yeah. So it's like I was like incepted. And pausing on that for a second, you're going to have something in the next movie with music in, <laughs> in it as well. There's one part with uh, towards the end that gets you. He's like, oh, that's the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. I think, James, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I do. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> but uh, it's seared into my memory. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. all right, we're get, we're at Hogwarts now. We're we're there. Yeah, and we'll um, well we're missing the part when they're on the train. Yeah, that's so that's oh, they're getting to Hogwarts. That's, that's right, where the Dementors. At, we're almost at Hogwarts. How do you forget the Dementors? Like James, you're insulting James. He's a Dementor write, today. I didn't write it down. Yeah, <laughs> you, I didn't write it down. I didn't write it down. But yeah, okay. So I love that how it's just directed. It's like. It, it's it's all rainy out and like this is like this is like the rainy Harry Potter movie where it's like just super dark and gloomy and stuff. Doom and gloom, baby. Doom and gloom. That's when this this movie started getting kind of dark atmosphere, and I like this that. is a pretty dark movie for a PG movie. Yeah, yeah. And then um, so Ron kind of puts his hand on the window, and then you see it gets really cold, and then like the the glass gets all crackly and icy, yeah. and then like you know, and then there's that classic shot with the Dementors like hand going around the door. I'm like, oh, it's so good. It was man. very well done. Um, so there's actually a little fun trivia fact for you here um, regarding the production of that scene. Um, when Caron first went to like his art department or whatever to talk about the scene, um, there was a bit of a mistranslation, not translation, but like they misheard what he said due to his accent, where they thought he said that they wanted eyes, like eyes falling from the sky instead of he oh. want like the rain to turn to eyes but he really wanted ice oh. <laughs> so they drew up this whole thing of eyes like rain turning to eyes falling from the sky and he was horrified <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a little too intense for like, a kid's what movie what is this <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's but, some multiverse of madness type shit. Right that is. There. Oh my god, they should have done shit. that. They should have done yeah. that in that movie. That would have been awesome. <laughs> would have been. Um, but also another fun fact, this one more pertaining to uh the nerdiness of it all. Um, Lupin is on that train car and he's asleep yes. when we first see him. He's like falling asleep. Uh the actual date that that took place on is the day after a full moon. Which is why he's yes, so tired. Yes, I I do remember uh, hearing that. They, yeah, because it would have been in the, um, in the movie. Yeah, it would have been September first, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. Okay, that's too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, every year takes place ninety whatever yeah. number it is. It's really a nineties. That's also how old Harry Potter is because he was born in nineteen eighty. So ninety one. Shit. Age. Yeah, in 91, Sorcerer's Stone takes place in 91, book one, he is 11. He's 11. Oh, so, yeah. okay. He was born in 1980. Yes. You just said that. Yeah, you just said that. <laughs> yeah, you just said that. <laughs> All right. Yep, July 31st, Sorry. 1980. Too, too the last mad. possible day yeah, before he would have been the next year. Yeah, and that's actually the release date of this episode. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, Harry Potter's actually, birthday no, first episode. 42nd uh, birthday. No, it was the last episode. Yeah, it was... No, it was Daniel Radcliffe's birthday last episode when it released. I'm so confused with the when no, releasing it was. these. It was Daniel Radcliffe's birthday, not Harry Potter's. Daniel Radcliffe, and then we're, the last one's going to release on Harry Potter's birthday. Yes. Surprise, surprise. So that is whatever. this episode. <laughs> Moving on to Hogwarts, everybody? We cool with that? Fine. Yeah, now we can move on. Fine, we can move on to Hogwarts. Okay, because I want to talk about that they're legit doing fucking drugs with the animal tabs. <laughs> what? The animal tabs, when they're taking them, like, they... Oh, yeah. Drugs. That's legit... 
that's magical drugs, James. No, it's magical candy. It's, it's like magical, magical pop. You could argue no, that no, no. drugs are candy, IRL, depending yeah, on yeah, how yeah. you look at they're it. They're adult candy. They're it's taking fun. candy. Nah, it's drugs. I lo- but it's like a, 13, man. That's such a cool scene <laughs> to include, though. Like, the fun in games really is the fun in games. Like, that's one of the most, like, uh, at least for me, one of the best scenes that I just kind of look at. Just like, we're just they're having fun. And we'll get into this later in the next the next episode. Um, but why episodes, or um, a movie six, or book six, or whatever, Half-Blood Prince, is my favorite. Because it's kind of the last bit of fun in games before the real dark final battle comes. So, But I like how, like, we're kind of enjoying time with the kids and like we're you know we're they're having fun yeah you know? yeah no, I, I i agree with that and like it must have been really awkward to film that scene especially for like rupert grint because he's gotta be like rah, rah. <laughs> and they have to like they had to <laughs> add in the v, the sound effect later so yeah i always thought trelawney was jk rowling i always thought i wouldn't put her. it past you she does I don't know. It's like she's got the air of like like before I knew who she was and what she looked like. I thought that well, I knew who she was, but I didn't know what she looked like until like later on. Yeah, but like this is who I thought. They like oh, they put her in the movie as Trelawney, but no. Yeah, I would have been. <laughs> I mean, I, you've you've heard of like um, author surrogates, right? Like George R. R. Martin is Sam Tarly in his book, and then pseudonyms. Yeah. No, like like when they insert themselves as oh, a character. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yes, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, so I, I'd say that like probably Trelawney is the most J.K. Rowling-ish character because she's like the crazy magic lady, right? And yes. so J.K. Yeah. Rowling came up with this crazy big world of magic. So, exactly. yeah. But also, Dan, you know that's Emma Thompson, I, right? I do know that. It's, okay. Yes. Oscar. Just sure. I'm just saying, like before, probably, like when I, I watched this movie, it. like the first time, and I was like, Oh, these books were written by J.K. Rowling. I was like, "Oh, that's her." No, it's, it wasn't her. <laughs> no, it was not her. No, I really hope the camera was on me at that time because I was eating my donut and I dropped like a big ass sprinkle <laughs> on me. I don't think it was on you. <laughs> oh, well, uh, it was not. Um, damn it. Oh well. Uh, so, um, dementors are basically ringwraiths, right? Can we all yeah. agree on that? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Dementors are an allergy for depression. Mm. <laughs> J.K. Rowling has confirmed that herself. Oh, she yeah. wrote it based on her own experiences. Oh. Makes sense. You know, they, they sucking suck the, the happiness and soul out of you. They're sucking the life out of you. Yeah. One yeah. thing. So, side tangent. One one another character that I would argue is probably more of like a better representation of depression for me is Freddy Krueger. And I've explained this to you, right? Because okay. it's like when I think of depression, I think of sleep and going to bed and like not wanting to wake up and stuff. And so that's that's Freddy Krueger. You know, you're scared. What's it of called dreams. when you don't want to go to sleep? Insomnia. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's really dangerous when you have both of them. <laughs> so uh, I like the hints that Hermione is using the time turner like throughout. You know, and it makes me wonder why doesn't she use the time turner every other year? After this, like, uh, it, does she get taken it, away? It's it's in the books. Yeah, it gets taken away after the end of this year. Like she had to apply for special permission to use it from the Ministry of Magic because they regulate them extremely close until you read the Cursed Childs and then it throws everything out the goddamn window. <laughs> so don't ever read that ever. Um, but yeah, it, they're regulated by the Ministry and they like take it from her at the end of the year. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know it was Ministry like. Approved. Oh, they're like super regulated. 
like because oh, time is like you know it's always oh you can't mess with time so it's like you can only legally mess with time when approved by the government yeah <laughs> yep, that's, that's, oh, right. that's that's how right. it's totally gonna go when time travel is invented yep oh. yeah 100%. if it isn't already invented who knows oh then there's a paradox that if time travel were to ever be invented we'd already know about it or you can only travel to the time when time travel was invented and never beforehand yeah it's a paradox it's a bunch of huge paradox well actually what makes me wonder like how does how does time travel really work in this story because it seems like it's just like a like it creates kind of like i like to think of it like a knot or like or like a little tiny loop where like it's an infinite loop, um, you do the loopy loop and like, pull, you know. But like it, like they're not. They experience it once, but there's like multiple copies of themselves. Haha, <laughs> SpongeBob. Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I was explaining something. <laughs> so it goes like you know the timeline. Oh, loop, and then you know they continue on. Yeah. You know, so but like each version catches up. It, I'm boring. So anyway, no, no, <laughs> you're, you're, you're entirely correct sense, with though. how it is yeah. meant to cool. occur. When they uh, meet Buck, Buckbeak for the first time, it's like, um, <laughs> Hagrid, that is abuse to the kids. <laughs> like, he's just like, yeah. what are you doing, dude? <laughs> That's just so dangerous. <laughs> In the book, there's an entire herd of hippogriffs. Oh my God. Oh wow. There's not just one. <laughs> Buckbeak. Yeah. She's... But in Hagrid's defense, Malfoy was asking for it. He like, was, yeah. but he's still a kid. He literally, he Hagrid explained that. the entire time, like, don't piss these creatures off and you'll be <laughs> fine. And what does Malfoy have to go do? Not believe him and piss the creature off. I mean, Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Potter. Uh, <laughs> but like, poor Hagrid. He, get, he, you know, he just gets the job. And um, first day, a student gets hurt. It's got to suck yep. for him, man. Because in the last movie, yeah. he was accused of be opening the Chamber of Secrets. Can't guy can't catch a break. He cannot. Never. He never. I hate um, giant discrimination <laughs> or half giant discrimination. Yeah, I was gonna say. There's a, <laughs> in the next movie, there's a little someone a little taller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, so the ghosts, why do they not need, or why do they need to sleep? Should they not have to sleep? It's a little, it's a little weird, I think. I don't know. After like, Joanne. They get, could, they get kidnapped or whatever. Like, why are they sleeping? Like, or, or they're like, don't bother me. I'm sleeping. You mean the paintings? Yeah, the paintings. I think oh, the ghosts. oh, I'm sitting here so confused. Like, when do ghosts ever sleep? Yeah, the ghosts aren't paintings. They're separate <laughs> things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I know me. what you mean. Got me. I don't know. It's like, what do they got to do with their day? It's not like they have to rest up for anything. That's fair. You know. That's oh, fair. let's just stand there and kind of look annoyed whenever um, students ask so us and shit. In know. the Harry Potter universe, portraits are meant to be like um, extensions of the original self that they're based off of. Um, like it's literally a somewhat living memory of them pretty much. And they mimic as best as a patron painting can, the characterizations or mimics or whatever, the actions of a character that they are, who they are. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, so like they just follow what the person when they were living would have done. Is there, well, I wonder if like, I mean, I wonder, oh yeah, so I wonder if JK Rowling ever wrote something where like you can bring a muggle painting to life. That'd be cool, because hmm. you could like bring bring like Van Gogh's painting to life. Yeah, and you'd screen. be like, 
Yeah, the screams just like nonstop screaming. You know, that'd be cool. And then you got the guy with the pitchfork and his unhappy wife next to him. Oh my god, that would be so funny. That feels like it'd be a comedy. I hate you. (laughs) That would that would have been pretty awesome. (laughs) I I believe the only reference she makes to how they're made is when Dumbledore, spoilers, Dumbledore dies. Um, What? In the book, they're just like, uh, hey, um, you know his painting he just appeared when he died in like the headmaster's office he just ah uh, okay yeah so that's the only explanation to my recollection that she gave in the books about how they're made <laughs> it just appeared when he died all right let's get to the we're running a little on time in this movie um so let's get to the time travel part where they first start using using time travel and everything yeah so um well i mean so the whole thing is the whole the whole crux of this movie is the relationship between um, Harry and Sirius Black. And everyone thinks Sirius Black is this evil, you know, evil guy. And, you know, he betrayed Harry's parents. And, like, you know, he, he was, like, the number one guy or the right-hand man to Voldemort, which uh, turns out not to be true. And um, after the, the whole scene in the Shrieking Shack, what I think is the best scene in the movie mm-hmm. where it's just nonstop, expel your arms, expel your arms, expel your And, like... Lots of twists and turns, and all this ex- all this stuff is revealed. It's a big exposition scene, but it's like very, very engaging and well done. And then uh, you find out that like Sirius is like is Harry's godfather, and he's all like, "Yo, man, like I was locked in there for like twelve years. I was framed by like fucking your your rat, literally a rat." And uh, <laughs> he was framed in the paper. <laughs> ah, ah. Yeah, but so. <laughs> Yeah, basically, you kind of feel for Sirius the entire time. Like, he becomes, like, the unsung hero um, throughout this movie and wonderfully played by Gary Oldman. Great performance. He's He's truly a master of disguise. Legend. Him and Johnny Depp, dude. Yeah. Both of them. A lot. Have you seen Ed Wood? (laughs) And, like, um, Edward Scissorhands. I haven't seen Scissorhands. Actually, no, I have seen Scissorhands, but it's been a long time. Yeah, I love that movie. It's so good. And um, fucking, this is another side tangent. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, um, okay, he's the nerd from Breakfast Club. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he played the bully in Edward Scissorhands. Like, he bulked up <laughs> and like, like he, he he looks like a jock. I was like, what the fuck, man? But yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Uh, James, yeah, I think that um, part of the movie. I do. Yeah, I have a few questions uh, or comments to make for change the books. Firstly, so the Marauders map. Firstly, how cool was that map? Hell yeah. So cool. In real life. Now, do you, to confirm, neither of you have read the books, right? Or I've uh, read the books once when I was a kid. Okay. And then when I read up to book three um, in college. Okay. Uh, so you, you might know the answer to this, but I'm curious to know what Dan has to say. Do you know who the Marauders are? Ooh, no, but I, I have read the first three books, but it's been a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. they don't explain who they are in the movie whatsoever. Outside of on the map, it just says Padfoot Prongs, Mooney, and Wormtail. Mm-hmm. Um, that's context clues. Harry's dad is one of the Marauders. Lupin is another Marauder. Sirius Black is the other. And Peter Pettigrew is the fourth Marauder. Huh. Yep. Um, Padfoot is Sirius Black, as in he has a pad foot because he's uh... a dog. Uh, prongs is James because the antlers on a buck. Oh, Mooney okay. is Lupin because the moon. The moon, yeah. And Wormtail because he's a rat. Peter Pettigrew. Piece of right. shit. Yeah. He's a... yeah, it all relates to their <laughs> animal forms, which they're all animagi, which um, is oh, a big pretty, deal in the books. Like that's sick. something not to be taken lightly if you're an animagus. I didn't know that 
James was a uh, was an Animagus. Yeah, all of them. Well, Mooney Lupin was not an Animagus because he's a werewolf. Yeah. The other three all became Animagi in support of Lupin, so they could be there with him when he turned into a werewolf on those nights. Mm. So he had companionship, and he wasn't alone in the shrieking shack. That's really that's nice. so sweet. And like becoming an Animagus is an intensive progress uh, process according to the book so like this isn't something to be taken lightly by anyone and they all did this when they were like 13 14 to help out their friend oh so that like, means i just had a brain blast like jimmy neutron like that means that mcgonagall's an animagus too yep yes she is i didn't know that i just thought she yeah. fucking magicked her way into a cat i don't know it does it make just, sense it makes sense configuration yeah. teacher but yeah, yeah, she's an Animagus, and a character in the next movie is also an Animagus, but it is not revealed whatsoever in the movie. Oh, no, Only and I know who you're talking about. Animagus. Yeah. Which I have a theory about episode or fuck it, stop saying episode. <laughs> um, uh, Half Blood Prince. I have a theory. If, uh, I'll bring it up in the next episode. Okay. It's kind of popular though. Okay. Um. Yeah. So they're just all kind of you know going through time here, trying to save Buckbeak. Um. Oh. Yeah, the, host, the whole mission. <laughs> yeah. Also, in the book, Ron is a genius, and the movie does him dirty, very much so. Oh, but yeah. the biggest thing, divination is introduced heavily in this movie. Um, and in the books, there's a lot of throwaway lines that Ron makes where they're just like, oh, speaking of divination, oh, Ron yeah. is behind yeah, him. But in the books, uh, he makes a lot of throwaway comments regarding their readings that they're supposed to be making, and he you know doesn't seem to be taking it seriously every single thing he says is true and winds up becoming true Shit. um he says at first he sees a bowler hat oh maybe you'll end up working for the ministry which harry does and uh there's an acorn in there and it says oh maybe you'll have a windfall unexpected gold which in the next movie he does yeah um well actually the movie he doesn't in the book he does okay and then, yeah, so he says a lot of things that just come true. I remember seeing this video essay forever ago about how like they dumbed down Ron for the movies because that's like the the Americanized version of like the best friend trope, right? They're yeah. they're idiots, you know. That's just the dumb guy, and yeah, it just kind of like shows how like the books probably well they do have way more characterization, way better characterization, and it's just done better. And, like, I brought this up last time in the last episode, but I'll just summarize it. J.K. Rowling used to be really creative in that sense in, with the books. And now that she's writing screenplays, it's harder to include that stuff. And that's why I think she's where she, I think she's failing. So, mm. but anyway. Yeah, once they complete the mission, it's just mere seconds for Dumbledore from when they left and went back in time. That yeah. was so oh, cool. That, like, that part oh. is really cool. I was like, oh, he's like, oh, you did. Didn't you? You, were oh, yeah. you were there. <laughs> and so, you know, like I noticed. So, you know how I was complaining about Hermione being sidelined in the, in the second one? Now this is Hermione's time to shine in this movie. And then yes. kind of leave Ron sidelined. Yes. And so, oh, look, it's uh, Felix. Felix. He's trying there to run is. away. There he there is. is. Hi, Felix. He's getting his oh, star hi. treatment today. Cute boy. It's 15 seconds of fame before he runs away and jumps into your camera. Let's be honest. He's the real star of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, and okay. I have one little last thing here is uh, would you call Lupin's suitcase he's packing up at the end a uh, doggy bag? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where you were going when you were saying it. I'm just like, 
I said it to you when we watched oh, the movie, too, yeah, okay. and you're just like, oh. <laughs> it's, it's such a bad joke. You're, yeah. oh I'm a terrible person. You are a, you, you are a dad. You I have know. the dad jokes. Like, it's just... Anyway. anyway, what are you guys' last thoughts on Azkaban? Uh, <laughs> I think... Okay, oh, so it used to be my least favorite out of all of the movies, hands down. I most least watched movie, I hated it when I was a kid because I just didn't understand the source material or I didn't understand the subject matter. Um, now I see it more, definitely more um, on the higher tier. I think it's probably the best film, like the best filmmaking that is that has been made. I don't think it's, it's not my favorite. I don't think it's the best like story either. I think that it's, it's, it's I got three different categories. Favorite movie, Half-Blood Prince. Best film, hit Prisoner of Azkaban. I think best story has got to be the last one. But anyway. The last two or the last one? The last one. The last okay. movie. That's the best yeah. story that's being told. Gotcha. It's, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Danny, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> because, no, not because I disagree. Because I so heavily agree. That's like pretty much exactly what I would say. I was going to say this was my favorite overall movie. But like. I did not like it as a kid, especially because I watched it like when it came out and I was seven years old when it came out. And it was like some of my first ever adult movies. Not that it's an adult movie. It's It's, still dark, but like it wasn't Disney or something, you know, an animated movie. It was my first like live action, serious movie. And for that, it was so weird seeing the shift from one and two to this because i'm pretty sure i watched them like this was when i first got into harry potter was when this movie came out because my mom had it mm. um and it was so weird that i did not like it as a kid because it was a little scary to yeah. me anyway seven year old me the werewolf <laughs> at the end was awful i didn't really mind the dementor so much it was just the werewolf scene at the end that really got me yeah. seeing lupin transform yeah yeah. I, I had already um, seen the It TV miniseries, so I was <laughs> so you I was were prepared. Oh. Po- I was pretty good at that <laughs> point, and I was like eight for uh, seeing this for the first time, and I watched it probably a good ten, eleven times when I was a kid. So, like, this is my most watched movie for sure out of the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Um, after movie four, like, I have only seen them once in theaters. So. Five, six, seven, eight. You're in once. for a for I, a treat. Mm-hmm. Those are the best ones. Like the the second half of the series, I think is definitely the best. We'll see. Uh, you know, yeah, I agree. But or, yeah, the best like kind of entertaining value, entertainment value for movies and stuff. But uh, yeah, so what do you guys what do you guys give this one out of a hundred? I think this one just for the nostalgia factor, it's probably gonna be a little higher. Um, it's probably gonna be a ninety. Two for me. Ninety-two. I, right. I I love this movie. This movie's great. Yeah. Well, it's it's your favorite Harry Potter movie, right? As of now, yes. But well, again, we got. Oh, I just I can't wait more. to show you Half Blood Prince. Oh, that's gonna be so good. Oh, I wish I could be in person for that. <laughs> hey, you should come down or come yeah, up. Maybe. I mean, if you do it in an afternoon, I could do it. You know, yeah. on a, like one on blah, one of Dan's days Words. off. <laughs> then we're on the weekend. I could. Come over. We'll see. Cool. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> let's do a marathon. Oh. Well, well, five I don't know five about that one. Okay, five. But... I, I've seen them six. kind of a lot. That'd be okay. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe one at a time. <laughs> but, right. yeah. You guys ready? Oh, oh well, uh, James, what do you give it? Yeah, what do you give it? 
Um, I this is tough because I feel like I'm inconsistent and I don't remember what I gave the last movies. Um, but I'd probably say like good old seeing it again as an adult now, ninety four. Ooh, liked it a lot more as an adult okay. than I ever did. It's gonna be a five star one, Jesus. Yeah, it is gonna be a five star one because I give it a ninety one. Yep. There we go. Yep. Because... Like a consistent ninety. I don't think we always have consistent nineties across the board. Yeah, no, really this is do. the first time that we've done it. But. Well, I mean, we may have done it before. But yeah, I know. We, I, I, I'm, so I'm bad, horrible at remembering things, but I know. So many movies. Lion King, I know, <laughs> was was the was another one that we did. Maybe Infinity War was up there, too. Oh, Infinity War's got to be up there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, All right, let's move, move on. on to Goblet of Fire. Yeah. So I got to get my notes out. You can start. Uh, I literally thought the franchise stopped here. And that the, and the uh, I'm just like, these because... I, I I really got into Harry Potter around 2006. I'm just like, and I'm thinking like, that's it. Like, that's all there is. Or no, 2005. That's when the fourth one came. Yeah, out. it came out in 2005. So I'm thinking that's it. Great, great series. You know, great. We're not. They were kind of leading to something with Voldemort, but like, whatever. I don't need him and stuff. So I literally thought it <laughs> ended here. In the scene of or the scenic game. Um, that I played all the time. I almost said scene it before. I almost said scene it before. <laughs> the scenic game. Uh. You know, led me to believe that also that that because it stopped at four. So I'm thinking, okay, solid series. This is going to go down, and it's kind of like the same way that I thought, like the MCU ended with the Avengers when that came out. I'm just like, that was a great thing. You know, yeah. and I didn't think they would run. Time to it. pack it in. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, here we are, ten years later, still rock. <laughs> it's still going. They may have teased that purple guy, but hey, he's he doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's a long epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking ten years later. <laughs> But yeah, so I literally thought this ended, and I'm just like, okay, it's fine. And um, yeah, um, this one's probably the, I mean, the darkest yet. I don't, it's hard to explain, because this is the one that, like, people actually fucking die in, you know? And, like, we'll get to the, the last PG-13 movie. movie. It in is? The ser- in the series, the first it's PG-13 the first PG-13, one. yeah. Because yeah. we had a whole debate last time where I really thought Prisoner, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban was PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> but Dan proved me wrong. I was surprised wrong. it wasn't, yeah, yeah. though. Because like, that was still pretty atmospheric and moody. Yeah. Speaking of moody, um, <laughs> he's a bit moody in this. <laughs> he's he's also a little mad. It's almost like he's not acting <laughs> like himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, actually, I wanted to bring yeah, that up. That so, so, at the end of the movie, I'm kind of jumping ahead, I know. That's fine. Um, he's revealed to not be... Mad Eye Moody. It's revealed that Barty Crouch, Barty Crouch Jr. is using uh, Polyjuice Polyjuice potion to become Mad Eye Moody, and played by the wonderful David Tennant. David Tennant and yeah, Brendan, so underutilized in that role. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Brendan Gleeson plays Mad Eye Moody. We should mention that. Yeah. Um, in the episode five or something, episode Jesus, half you were so on Order of the Phoenix, <laughs> the Order of the Phoenix. Um, Mad Eye. <laughs> Ha, seems like he has a relationship with Harry. Yeah. And he's like, it feels like it's based on this movie. But like, what, was Mad-Eye like at least around in the beginning of the movie where it was actually him or was he always Polyjuice Potion David Tennant? I I think he at one point got switched over in the movie. I don't think he was always... No, he's always... He was always? He's always Barty Crouch Jr. Oh, yeah, because he's always drinking the, the, the bottle, even in the beginning. Always drinking from yep, the flask, yep. yeah. So he was from the very Yeah, beginning. his very first scene when he breaks yep. in with the lightning all badass. And just eyes <laughs> Harry Potter down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's that. drinking from the flask. He, mm-hmm. He's Barty, er, Barty Crouch the entire time. Gotcha. So that doesn't yeah. make any sense, this inconsistency in the next movie, then. 
because he's like, "Hey, my boy, let's we'll get let's go it. on an adventure. Let's let's jailbreak you out of this out of the Dursleys." You know, I think that's more just being a very confident um, or and rather than being friendly with the kid, he just knows his job and knows what the hell needs to be done and okay. he's going to get it done. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. all right. Because he's, like, one of the most feared Aurors in all of the Ministry. Like, there's a reason he's Mad-Eye. Yeah. Mad-Eye Moody. All right. Starting with the beginning of this movie, the Quidditch World Cup. I legit did not even remember this happened in this movie. I don't remember the Quidditch World World Cup at all. The only reason I remember it is because um, there's that really awkward scene where, like, you know, where they use the port key for the first time. By the way, port keys are fucking awesome. They are really cool. Um... Such a cool idea, and uh, I just remember Robert Pattinson like kicking his like you know they're kind of like walking from the air to the ground and they're like eh. you know and then they just look fucking stupid. That's how I remember the Quidditch World Cup. I'm like where are they going? Oh yeah, to the Quidditch World Cup. So yeah, it's very throwaway the entire time um, until obviously the Death Eaters come in after the yeah. cup itself has happened. Like, but I just remember, and every time I watch it, even though I hate Quidditch with a passion, I am disappointed when they're building up the game to start and then it just cuts to after the game's happened. Yeah, they don't even At show At least yeah. just a little sliver of the action would have been nice, but yeah, no, it just they, cuts They the showed what's-his-face. Um, Victor oh, Crumb. Victor Crumb, yeah. They showed him. Yeah, they, they showed the teams <laughs> briefly coming out and that was it. They do that they, actually they, a lot in that scene because <laughs> we were... So my version of the movie... Um, it had these really fucked up subtitles on it. Um, oh it kept like enlarging certain words, and like it was really stupid. And uh, so we're trying to fix it while while the movie's playing. And then all of a sudden, we're like going from like a happy scene where they're just kind of hanging out in the tent. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "Oh no, the Death Eaters are here!" And I'm like, "What the fuck? Like, did so, you skip, yeah. you skip ahead? Yeah, yeah. I thought I skipped ahead. So it just happens. They just skip around in, in that scene. So yeah, they yeah. there was what else happens at the beginning of this book, James? Like that is not the is it um, a lot on this? So they introduce a pretty big character uh, in the books that's not in the movies whatsoever. Um, and when I say pretty big, I mean not that big in the grand scheme of themes, but they recur a lot in this book. Um, Winky. Winky is a house elf, okay. and uh, they belong to Barty Crouch, the Minister of Magic, uh, um, senior. Well, the Crouch family. Y- yeah. Um, yeah, Winky's introduced, and... Uh, <laughs> they're a house elf and whatnot um but then uh like at the end she has a wand that incriminates the family so he sacks her um and she's gone and then she ends up getting a job at hogwarts and there's a whole plot line regarding her alcohol dobby and hermione Um, (laughs) oh i know the hermione one uh, like she starts the Spew, Spew, the Society for the Protection of Elvish Welfare. Yeah, it's like, she's an activist in... She's an activist for house elves, despite house elves saying time and time again, we don't want this. We're fine for the most part doing what we're doing. I think there are issues. That's weird, though, that she would... like. You talked about this in the last episode, but it's like... Yeah. Why would a race of people want to be enslaved? Like... Yeah, creature. yeah. They want it, it's to. a weird thought. Yeah. But like at, at least, you know, the Hogwarts house elves are shown to be treated very nicely and they mm. enjoy what they do. And she's yeah. even trying to like free these house elves from working at the castle when like they clearly enjoy doing this I mean, part of it. 
do like a fucking you know just do like a paid internship sort of thing for them don't <laughs> don't, don't be like, like why do they want to be enslaved like yeah give let them, them get some credits shit. take some classes you know yeah. get their ged yeah they're fucking, they like live in like uh live in nannies or something like that you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could work but yeah so there's a whole plot line that stems from her being introduced at the beginning of the book that uh is <laughs> missing entirely from the movies and as well because she gets sacked that's why she becomes an alcoholic and like is just a slobbering mess that dobby's constantly like oh my god winky what are you doing <laughs> yeah i mean i meant more along the lines of you know the Queer's world cup like how uh how yeah um, well, winky for some there. reason I, I, I get that okay. there is something in the books actually that is not explained in the movies um Fred and George in the okay. books, they wager a extremely low odds bet that Crumb would catch the snitch, but Bulgaria would still lose the match. I think Bulgaria was his team. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Whatever country. Yeah. They would still um, lose the game despite Crumb winning the match, which is incredibly low odds because as I went on a rant last time, a snitch is worth 150 <laughs> points to a quaffles 10. Um, so but somehow Ireland happened to be up by 160 and Bulgaria lost by 10. And because of this, Fred and George win a large sum of money from Ludo Bagman, another character that is in the books heavily, but not at all in the movie. Um, he's like this corrupt gambling addicted games master for the ministry of magic. Oh. Um, he's in charge of the tournament itself at the school. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they want a large sum of money that helps start funding their joke shop. Um, that's how they start developing all these treats and stuff around the school that they test on other students and stuff. And they begin Sankos. I like that. Yeah. I like how they, money. they do that. Like they, it's kind of like built on, like they're, they're going to eventually be entrepreneurs in the magic world and they're going to have like this joke shop and stuff. Yep. Like, this I, is where it first starts. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Also, think... Ludo Bagman the entire time is just a gigantic red herring where you constantly think he's up to <clears> some <throat> shady shit, but no, he's just an idiot that yeah. likes to gamble a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he has an... no involvement to Voldemort whatsoever. But yeah, that's another thing with Fred and George. They're really not in the movies either. They're just kind of there. They yeah. Really do anything. I mean, at least they're they're there and they're not like fucking Percy or uh, yeah. Percy's sort of there, but um, Charlie's not even in the movies. He's mentioned one line in this movie. That's it. Hmm. Yep. You know, yeah. And like he doesn't sure he doesn't play a big part in the in the books that I've read that I remember reading and stuff that but like still he's 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 part of the Weasley family. But like even Bill shows up towards the end, you know. But Charlie's nowhere to Yeah, be Charlie's the only Weasley not featured in mm-hmm. the movies. But like only main family Weasley. Yeah, and like so this movie I mean, does a lot of trimming down because I know that like Goblet of Fire is probably the biggest book at the time. Um, I think Order is the biggest, if if not the seventh one. Uh, Order is the biggest, yes. Yeah. So um, they do a good job trimming down. Um, Goblet of Fire is seven hundred and thirty-four pages. Jesus, it's a <laughs> lot of books. There's a lot of pages. It's dummy. it's a thick boy. It's dummy thick. <laughs> <Yeah>, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so they do a good job trimming it down and uh the one thing i wish they trimmed down or like expanded because they're in like this weird middle child spot 
with it, um, with the the argument or the kind of spat between Harry and Ron. Oh yeah, I feel like it was resolved way too quickly, or like not it was enough. The first half of the movie, I mean, it was yeah, it was about it's... half. I don't know. It just just felt weird. To that is you know. also one of uh, Ron's throwaway predictions. They didn't make him. <clears throat> he made the reference that uh, you're going to be stabbed in the back by a friend, and he was by Ron later on. Right. So how did he stab in the back? Was it because he you let just him like, know? Completely, like, turning on him. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Just being mad I think it references other stuff as well, but, yeah, he, he turns on him. He, you know, isn't there for him. I assume there's more of it, a more of a, a better explanation or expansion about about the spat in the book because that's that feels like a, like a kind of like a central character thing to, to Ron, where the, my best friend is getting all the hype. You know, he's the, the the chosen one. He gets to go on all these adventures, and I get left in the dust all the time. You know, yeah, so. um, I mean, like, the timing of it in the book is pretty similar, where, you know, he's kind of shows these hints of jealousy at first when he's picked to be a champion. And then, like, especially after the dragon, he starts to really get jealous, you know, because Harry just succeeded and did really well. And Ron's like, what the hell? Um, yeah. But then by the time the second task comes around, the lake where Ron himself is one of the people abducted, that's when he changes his movies. Like, I can't imagine you actually want to do this after <laughs> he gets nearly eaten alive by mermaids. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, is the, yeah. So I don't remember that. I, don't, I just feel like it'd be more um, more fluid if they included it, included, included that in the earlier movies or the books or whatever. Like just him being mm-hmm. like, hey, that's like. Well, fuck you a little bit, but you know, <laughs> yeah, which I guess is one fault you can kind of attribute to the series is the constant shift of directors and production crew behind it is yeah. it's a little hard to establish that central theme until you get David Yates in. Yeah. Which I was just for... going to say like that, yeah. that that's probably a contributing factor. Why the la- the later half of the, the series is better in my opinion or more cohesive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. It follows a singular direction. Yeah. Another thing I wish was kind of expanded on the movies is Neville's parents. Yeah, because oh, yeah. we, I, I just, I didn't know any of that in the books or in just watching the movies. I found that out by dumpster diving in YouTube. For yeah, and then there's the like the Cruciatus spell, like in that one scene they had in this movie, like that you were mentioning it when we were watching. It's like, oh, that's how his parents died. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's why he's freaking out. They didn't out. die. Oh, oh, they didn't well, die. You know, we said that last episode. I know, I Come remember. on, Dan. Sorry, I, I, I forgot to. But okay, cool. no, no, they just went mentally in insane. Yeah, and you said in 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 yeah. which book did he go? He goes to the mental hospital, right? Uh, I believe that's the fifth Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, he goes okay. to Saint Mungo's Hospital. He sees Gilderoy Lockhart there, and in the same ward is where he sees Neville, because that's like a ward for head injuries, mental memory issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's he sees Neville with his parents when he sees Gilderoy Lockhart at St. Mungo's. It's well, heartbreaking. Which he, his mom gives him a candy wrapper, and his grandmother tells him, throw that away, and then he still keeps it anyway. Oh, That's so yeah. depressing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I didn't Sorry, know Hedwig uh, was a girl. Hedwig is a girl. I didn't yes. know that. Yeah, I didn't know that until the last one, where, like, or the part seven, Deathly Hollows part one, where he's like, they killed her, and was like, oh, Hedwig was a girl. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, anyway, go ahead, James. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, the other schools that get introduced, Durmstrang yes. and Bobatons, um, for some reason in the movies, they made them gendered schools where Bobatons is all female and Durmstrang is all male. That's not the case in the books whatsoever. Oh. They're co-ed schools. 
Oh, um, okay. But this just is a weird choice where Bo Battens, they just have to walk in all flirty and hot. I don't want to say hot. They're kids. They're not hot. Yeah, I mean, um, they, 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 there was a really weird shot in there. Not going to lie. Yes. Oh, yeah. The mm. I know exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm um, talking about. Yes. I forget. I um, I'll have to go back and watch it. It's pretty obvious. I'm not. Uh, I'm right. not going to explain. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. For some reason, they make them all flirty because ooh, they're French, and they make Durmstrang all oh, we are masculine because they're, they're both men. For some reason, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like way to play up the stereotypes, there, people. <laughs> this is also like okay. So the Triwizard Tournament, and you know the Goblet of Fire, put your names in the fire and everything. It's kind of like the wizard version of signing a permission slip to watch an R-rated movie in class. <laughs> uh, except yeah. deadly. Oh, sorry. Minor tangent back to Prisoner of Azkaban. Another heartbreaking thing from the books. Harry, remember how he can't go to Hogsmeade at all? Because he doesn't have permission. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We forget that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the books, he asks uh, um, Prime Minister, Prime Minister, had, yeah. Um, Cornelius Fudge. Fudge. Cornelius Fudge. He asks him to sign his permission slip because he has no one else to sign off on it when he meets him at the very beginning of the book. Imagine you fucking um, call up the president and be like, hey, can you, can, you, can I go to fucking Washington, D.C.? He like, didn't like call him up. He was already meeting with him, but he just kind of like slipped in at the end, like, hey, while you're here, could you sign this? And he's like, no. <laughs> but he's like, first of all, why do you need a permission slip to go to a fucking village? You you travel from your fucking house to a magical castle. Why do you need a permission slip to go 30, 30 yards out outside of the fucking the building? Well, I think a That's big part of that dumb. is I'm sure the teachers probably would have made an exception for Harry if it weren't for the fact that Sirius was looking for him. And that's why uh, they yeah. in the castle. So they probably would have been like, we get it. Your parents, guardians, whatever, suck. Yeah, they're like kind but of they awful people. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing to go along with that, like, why does he have to participate? Because, like, it's some bullshit magical contract. Like, it's yeah, that was plot. I mean, like, is that really oh, the answer yeah. to that? That was I mean, the most because plot thing I think yeah. is in this movies. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's so <laughs> contrived and just yeah. it's like, oh, we need to we need to have Harry do all these you know horrible or like these very dangerous um, tasks <laughs> and stuff. You know, I love how they keep calling it the Tri Wizard Tournament. It's four. The quad was yeah, right? now. <laughs> it is. Um, but, yeah. So sorry, I actually do have that exact chapter up where they discuss if he has to do it. Um, they are saying yes, right here. It is a binding magical contract, and they literally reference um, convenient day. Eh? Moody says, um, or was that how do they enforce? That? That? No, that was Moody. Yeah. Well, just yeah, they even fucking... say it's like a. Just I mean, you it's say a magical like... contract. They also have like the unbreakable vow, where if you break it, you die. So like. I'm sure there's similar stipulations here. I don't That's know. That's just. But like, with <laughs> see, with the unbreakable vow is you have two consenting parties. Harry didn't like yeah. even know his name was being put in there. It is so definitely like, some bullshit, but they do try to explain it in the book. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you can't like wink at the audience like, hey, this is stupid. It's still stupid, you know? Like yeah, I mean, just because you're in on you the joke doesn't mean it makes it better. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like I can't sign marriage license in Dan's name to me as both Dan and myself and get away with it. Yeah. Because I'm not him. So I don't get how they could say submitting someone's name even if they didn't submit it themselves is it, still valid. You trying? Yeah. To, are you trying to marry me? 
Oh, you you picked up on that? I'm oh, I, oh, I picked up on it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, okay, so then that makes me wonder, though. How like, how did this not, um like, so how are the, how come no seniors were, like, putting juniors' names into the Goblet of Fire? Like, there's no stipulation. There's nothing stopping that, right? Doesn't seem like it. So, you know. Again, it's just. So it's like, hey, we want to put Colin Creevy in the Hunger Games, you know. That's the whole thing that sets off this movie, which is like, it's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> the impetus is is not very well thought out. Um, but we need to move it on. So Yeah, let's let's get off of this topic. Let's go to the first uh first thing. The dragons. Yeah. Task. Dragons, yeah. Dragons. Um That's the first task. Are you are you mad? <laughs> yeah. like, or he says like, Are you insane? You know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Ron helped Hagrid, helped Charlie bring the dragons to Hogwarts, right? Is that is that the correct ladder of, uh, or chain, I think? Like, Charlie brought in dragons. Ron knew about it. Ron told Hermione to tell Harry, and oh Hagrid told Harry. I don't remember. Uh, anyway. I remember Ron knew about it. Ron was being a little piss baby and didn't want to tell Harry, so he told him <laughs> through Hagrid, I He's believe. Being a it's something else baby. that he said through Hermione. Piss baby's a good word. I like that. I like poop <laughs> baby better. <laughs> you gonna cry? You gonna be a little poop baby? No, you're a piss baby. Piss baby. Yeah. Um. So, I'll just rapid fire this one for all the tasks yeah, real quick, the first three. Um. The... Uh, Dragon is pretty similar. The only big difference is Harry doesn't go on a big wild chase around the entire grounds with the dragon. The dragon never escapes in the book. Um, so it's it's a lot shorter and like underwhelming in the book. So I think the movie actually kind of made it a lot cooler okay. um, the way they did it. The second task, the lake. Um, the lake itself was pretty similar, though there's a lot of detail missing. They spent a lot of time you know, having Harry explore the lake and like see all this weird shit. But a big thing is Neville in the movie gives Harry gillyweed. Um, and we find out later it's kind of planted into him by Moody because Moody, we find out is one that planted his name, but it's really about a crouch. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, um, in the book, it is not Neville that gives Harry the gillyweed. It is Dobby that gives him the gillyweed. Again, Dobby, Dobby. plays somewhat of a bigger role in the book. He's never um, well, in the movies. He doesn't play He's any role in the, movie. in the movies. <laughs> yeah, but um, he plays like a somewhat decent role in the book in this, and he's the one that Moody got to give Harry the gillyweed, not Neville. Ah, I see. So yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of any of these tasks. Like they're all pretty lame. Yeah, like they're they're not spectator sport. Like that's the stupid thing. In each the task, dragon one's pretty spectator. The second one, not the in the movie. The dragon, the dragon, one. the dragon. In theory, it is, but Harry, but the movie drives yeah. away yeah. or flies away, and the dragon goes with him. So they're just in every single task. They're just sitting there, just looking <laughs> Listening at the, the distant sounds of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like, so in the dragon one, they're just like, "What the fuck's going on over there?" And then in the the water one, they're just standing there waiting for them to come up at, after an hour. And then the maze one, I think, is the stupidest one because they're like, because they know they like they just see the doors, like the 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 hedges close on them, and then and then it's just quiet, and then nothing's happening. Like, are they playing the music the entire time? <laughs> like, 
You know what I mean? yeah. It's so fucking yeah, it's, stupid. It's, it's weird why it's such a spectator sport when there's no spectacle to behold for like, the audience at all. Like, you can fix it perfectly because you have magic. And TVs exist. Make a magical TV that can see into the water. Ah, but electronics do not work at Hogwarts because of the magic interference. No, I mean, you could make magical TVs. You could fucking, like, you know, you have some sort of, like, a magical bubble, right? You you put it in the water, and it follows Harry, and it follows all the contestants or the, the wizards as they're doing the tournament thing. And then I'm just now picturing behind Harry third person camera like a bubble just following him everywhere he goes in the maze. How are how else are you gonna you, oh, you have fucking li- living pictures of, of people that when they die it shows up on the wall. Yeah. You can't you tell them you can't fucking have a, a Wi-Fi exists. And that and that's in our world. You can't fucking like have a magical Bluetooth thing to show fucking like what's under you know, it's just stupid. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Um, I, also, wait, the one thing that the maze, yeah. uh, they changed in the movie compared to the book, there was actual obstacles in the maze. It wasn't just a maze. Um, like, there was stuff to overcome, like, creatures to fight at oh. every turn, including there was a sphinx that Harry met that he had to answer a riddle for, like, an actual freaking riddle. Um, there was boggarts in the maze mm-hmm. in the book. Um Blast-ended Scroots, which is one of the creatures that Hagrid shows at the very beginning of the book. Um, there's a lot involved in the maze. Like, that actually makes it a difficult task and not just who can get here the fastest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got one question. Yes. How often does the Triwizard Tournament happen? Uh, they mention in the book that it hasn't happened in a long time, but it used to happen quite regularly. Do they just decide? Um, but this is its like first recurrence in a long time. It's, again, also another. Bad. Well, that one could have been easy. You could have just done like a Hunger Games quarter quell thing. Like this is the twenty fifth year, right? right? You know, could have been like once, uh, yeah, every twenty five years. Something. I don't know. Yeah, you can do some shit like that. It's it's and, a little. I, yeah, I agree. With you. It's contrived. The whole the whole the whole getting this movie started. The story started is very contrived. Then there's the Yule Ball. <laughs> oh, the Yule Ball! Oh my God. There's the only cringy. There's one good thing about that. It actually gets you to see them being kids and actually learning to kind of, you yeah. know, it's grow up, implementing, a little, grow, growing up a little bit, and yeah. and Hagrid getting laid, but with <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his very tall headmaster. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I forgot her name, but I forgot her name too. Yeah, she's you know they they're 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 probably the best couple out of everyone. Yeah. Maxine. Maxine. Maxine, yes, I get a little like I, I get cringy vibes from Victor Crumb and Hermione. Yeah, it's weird. Hermione definitely seems like he just a fifteen-year-old. Study, yeah, that's fucking, <laughs> just fucking dude. Weird, he looks man. like he's thirty. Like <laughs> it, it uh, looks I mean, creepy. It's not much better in the actual story because she's fourteen in this, um, and Victor Crumb is eighteen. That's still oh. fucking cre- yeah, like that's uh, yeah, that's, that's like, creepy. She's a freshman in high school and he's a senior in high school. Yeah, like that was creepy and kick ass and it's still creepy now. Yeah. So yeah. um I speaking I, of creepy. Okay. Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> oh moaning Myrtle. Yeah. That's Harry Her name is Moaning Myrtle, first of all. That's creepy. Yeah, well <laughs> And so, she's played by a thirty year old. Yep. And uh <laughs> Harry's just in the bath with the egg trying to figure out what it's saying to get, you know, to the next part of the yeah. Triwizard Tournament. And it's like, 
this is weird, man. <laughs> She's like weird. all up on him and stuff. Yeah. Like, first of all, you're going to get laid by, by a ghost. He's <laughs> ferociously trying to put the bubbles on himself. Yeah, like, like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because she said like it, it took Cedric almost almost the time to draw the bubbles uh, evaporate. And he's all like, I'm going to move more over here. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, I, I don't know. So the begin the it's really hard to explain because – at coming out of this movie, I think this has like a Force Awakens vibe to me because it's like coming out of this movie, I was like hyped because I'm okay. like, holy shit, yeah. what did I just watch? Oh my god! But the first two parts of it really are just you know contrived and then lots of dicking around and meandering. Yes, you know. So like, I don't. I'm not loving. I'm not really not loving the beginning and middle of this movie. And only only once we get to the third task and like the whole final. 30 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. That's that's what I came to see, you know? Yeah. No, 100%. Uh, I found it. What were you looking <laughs> for? Uh, why it's been so long since the last oh. Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> okay. Oh. The Triwizard Tournament was first established some 700 years ago as a competition between the schools. Champion would each be selected until, that is, the death toll mounted so high that the tournament was discontinued. There have been several attempts to reinstate it. None have been very successful. This is just another attempt to bring it back. Okay, so then now my my criticism is why would you let children do that? Well, they don't. They only let 17 plus. Technically, they only let 17 plus. (laughs) It's not the military. It's convenient for the plot. Jesus. Nice plot. Um, yeah. Well, in the Wizarding World as well, 17 up is considered adult, not 18. 17 is a full adult in the Wizarding World. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, like uh, that's when they lose the trace. That's when they can use magic whenever they wish. It's 17, not 18. Yeah. So that is... It's like our 21. Years. Huh? 21 is like really when yeah, you get like all your like privileges. they're 21, sure. Yeah. yeah. I also like in this movie, like uh, the part where Dumbledore leaves Harry in his office and he sees the memories and everything yeah yes and it's like just trying to make it Dumbledore's like you should learn to forget just leave the past in the past you don't need to remember it just move on and that's kind of it's helped him like it's a transition from the first half of the movies to the second half and it's really well done I think yeah because um the mirror of era said was kind of established that kind of a trope or establish that in Harry's kind of zeitgeist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now he's like looking into the past and he's like, and then Dumbledore's giving the advice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I didn't think about it that way. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's just um, him letting go. Yeah. And you just said something that I know I mentioned a little bit last time, but I'll re uh, explain again is how a lot of people consider this book to be the bridge between the first trilogy and the last trilogy, where the first trilogy is kind of growing up, figuring out what's going on. This one, he's just constantly, ah! And then the last trilogy, <laughs> he's just like, what the hell? <laughs> um, so like, it, it's like the bridge. It's where it takes the jump from he's no longer a kid anymore to him yeah. witnessing another child die. Well, I definitely think I definitely think that is like the perfect the perfect thing to do to transition us from that is to kill Cedric, you know? Mm-hmm. Just because like what what a mid it's like literally the midpoint of the entire series even in the book or even in the movies too cuz we we got four at the end of fourth movie mm-hmm. you know beginning of the first four so or the next four um and it's such a, a matter of fact way that he's killed 
and I think that's what makes it more horrific. Kill the spare. Yeah, it's so it's like it's it's so like in like he's so not the point of the scene, you know? The scene of the point of the scene is like Voldemort's coming back and then he's just an afterthought, you know? And like that's just so matter of fact, he just he's just taken out. And like you know what I mean? Because like the, the scene like builds up and you're just like, oh no, Voldemort's here. Kill despair. She's gone. Oh my god, Voldemort's still coming yeah. back. You know? Yeah. It's just it's not the focus, and it's so such a such a good idea. You know, just to really transition us there. I was just going to add in before we start finishing up here. I believe yeah. uh, we referenced uh, earlier on Prisoner Rescue. We had an Animagus in this uh, series yes, in this did. book that is not in the movies. Rita Skeeter is an animagus in the books that um, name made me fucking die when i heard it <laughs> like, Rita Skeeter. Rita Skeeter. Skeeter. Yeah. oh um, wait no so i said trelawney was jk rowling no rita skeeter's definitely tr- yeah, uh, jk yeah. rowling yeah uh hard disagree because jk rowling has personally come on the record and said that Rita Skeeter is the exact epitome of everything she hates with media and publicity and all that and oh, really? uh, <laughs> awful reporters that she herself has dealt with in her time after becoming a famous writer. She has Yikes. stated how Rip. Rita Skeeter is like her least favorite person. Well, I mean, <laughs> I just got her vibes from that. Yeah, but you know, she's like, I mean, okay, we her. know what we know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the book, she's an animagus and uh, she's actually a cockroach is her animagus that makes sense um yeah and that's how she is on always able to get her dirt because she is a Mm -hmm. cockroach in the corner no one ever thinks to look for her um (laughs) and a really fucked up plot point actually is hermione later on in the books traps her in a jar and carries around her in that like magical bag in the whole like last book holy shit yeah (laughs) yeah she literally captures rita skeeter (laughs) Huh. And keeps Wait, her as a prisoner. How does she does she die? Or like Nah, she like she found her sneaking around at some point and like traps her in a jar. Um and she just stays in the she's jar a for the whole time. Yeah, while she's a cockroach. She like I guess <laughs> I, I don't like... remember why she can't break out of it. Maybe it's explained, maybe it's not, I don't know. But All Hermione right. walks around with a active prisoner in her wallet. Alright, yeah, I, I hate to do this, but we gotta wrap this up. Um yeah. but yeah, Voldemort. Let's talk more about that because that is yeah. the best scene of this movie. Yeah, it's him coming back. He's a baby yeah. first, and then he gets thrown oh. in the fucking cauldron. Yeah. And it's <laughs> but, I don't yeah. know. I just love like we were talking about I'm not sure where I was watching it, because I didn't watch Pirates of the Caribbean recently, but I just remember seeing Davy Jones recently, and I'm thinking, that's such good CGI. This movie has great CGI. If it has one thing going for it, it's the CGI. For 2005, dude, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, definitely. Really good. Cause, Even cause... Voldemort's nose is CGI. Yes. Um, yeah. While on set, Ralph Fiennes didn't have any makeup on his nose. They took it out entirely in post. Yeah, yeah. I saw like the green dots on, on the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but that that's so. It's like, it's very creepy. The whole scene is like just designed to make you like go. I'm running it over. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Ray finds he's like he he. It's his first performance as Voldemort, and I think he fucking sells it. You know, mm-hmm. he's only a cameo in this movie, but holy shit, <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. He, and like totally. you know, and Wormtail is also pretty creepy too. And like he cuts off his own hand, and you know, it's like uh, he got. He got, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, he gets pizza papa. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how he dies. He gets, <laughs> James gets it. <laughs> uh, 
I get it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, eventually, yeah. But um, I just, I just love this scene, man. It's like this is that is this is the movie for me, you know. And then we get the <gasps> my boy. Yes, oh, that's, that, that's that's the other thing. That's the back. scene that traumatizes me. The music. The yeah. music. Uh, I fuck. How did I forget? I forget how it went. Oh um, yeah, but then like the whole fade out where it's like, yeah, it's like, like my boy, and then my boy. I love how like just kind of the build up to to that, like, um, you know, Fudge is like, a boy has just died, and like everyone's kind of like, what's going on? What's going on? And everyone's rubbernecking and stuff, and like, it's just. I think some of the best performances from the entire series come from these two scenes, the graveyard scene and then teleporting back to Hogwarts right afterwards. I think some of the best acting in the entire series from everyone with that Ralph Fiennes, Daniel Radcliffe, um, Cedric's dad, Amos Diggory, everyone was so good. Amos really gave the the performance of a lifetime. I wish I knew the actor's name, but um, damn, he really made me feel things as a kid, (laughs) depressing things. All right, y'all. I'll yeah. have to reference something that Daniel Radcliffe does in Order of the Phoenix on our next episode because there is some emotional performances that were cut from that movie. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that'll be good. All right. Well, I think we've got to wrap this one up. Let's rate it. Uh, so, James, rate this movie for us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As a book fan, I do not like this movie particularly because there's a lot missing from the books. Um so this is probably my worst movies out of them. I'm going to say 80. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it an 85. I, th- I live, this movie lives and dies by the last 20 minutes and you know, <laughs> the rest of it is just not good, not good, but that the, the ending is so friggin' good. I think it might be, it's gotta be top three scenes in Harry Potter. Right. I mean, the return of Voldemort, right? You know, so yeah, I'm gonna give it 85. Yeah, there's just so much contrived stuff in this movie. Like now, thinking about it and how we just talked about it, it's just like we were in the moment. We're like, hey, this is kind of good, but like it doesn't really hold up, you know? It, just because the plot, the plot makes no sense, but it has to get us from point A to point B. So forgiving that, and with the CGI and the last scene, true. Um, I, it's. 83. 83? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, James, thank you again for being on our second episode of our Harry Potter binge here. Of course. I love to be here. I love to nerd out on Harry Potter. And you'll you'll be with us in the last two episodes, I hope, as well. Uh, I but hope. Yes. I, I, I just I made a whole tease for the episode. <laughs> I yeah, he's got so many thoughts. Like, Yeah, but that'll be next season, so. Uh, yes, that will be next season. We are... Officially wrapping up this season. Yep. Uh, starting back up again in September. So just about a month away. Um, yeah, we're, uh, we've got a little a few things planned, mainly just movies and theaters. That's going to be a big thing we're going to be focusing on. Relevant movies and theaters. If you guys want to see us watch something or react to something, just let us know. Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, anything. Uh, yep. But yeah, we are seen before. You can find us on. Instagram and TikTok with the handle at seen it beforecast. That's at S C E N E it beforecast. And on Twitter with the handle at sib underscore pod. I'm Dan. 
I'm Danny. You can find me on Instagram at Danny underscore Wass, my letterbox at DJ Wass, or my YouTube channel, which is just Danny Wass. And James, would you like to plug anything? Hi. Yeah, if you want, you can give my letterbox to follow. I very occasionally might say my opinion about something. It's James81XA. Cool. All right. Well, another movie in the books. Another successful. Two movies in the books. Yeah. We'll kick off next season with Harry Potter again. Don't miss it. It's been an honor as usual. We'll see you guys soon. Ah!